We watch a movie, maybe read a book, or look at some kind of art. And we talk about it together and say lots of interesting things, and one of those things is our favorite parts. This is Favorite Parts with Allison and Trey. Hi, Trey. Hey, Allison. Welcome back to Favorite Parts Pod. It's been so long. Oh, I thought you were asking me to do cast as a result because you said pod. And I was like, oh, that's the next Oh, sorry, cast. pod. Cast. Right. Oh, okay. Sorry. Right. We didn't talk about that ahead of time. So I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it for the next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so we have finished our Oscars eps. Trey, do you want to say anything about the the Oscars? It's all a blur for me. I don't remember anything about the Oscars. <laughs> Did yep. something notable happen? I don't know. <laughs> I had a, a knee slapping good time watching. Oh, but I'm <laughs> Okay, I don't think there's any reason for us to add any dialogue. I don't think so either. To the Oscars, I will say uh, I picked wrong. Coda won. Mm-hmm. Not what did Howard you think? I don't remember. Oh, right. Yeah. What did I I'm say? okay with it. What did you think was going to win? I think, I think I also thought Power of the Dog. <clears throat> I think that's correct, yeah. Yeah. Coda is still a very good movie. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Uh, get the tissues ready. Uh, but we are now moving into our second season, I guess. I don't really know if sure. our first one was a season. Sure. Okay, our second season. Second season. Yeah, yeah, totes, second season. Yep, same with um, <laughs> We are heading into our second season. <laughs> And we are focusing on education. Uh, I'm going to talk a little. I know. Whoa, whoa. Uh, I'm going to tell you more about the uh, treasures that are in store for us this season. But we thought because Trey and I are both former teachers that we should talk a little bit on our first ep about our own teacher journeys, background, thoughts, feelings. Um, just to set the tone, to let you know who we are and how, you know, where we're coming from in these combos. I love that. <laughs> Thank you, Trey. Yeah. Uh, so let's chat about being a teacher. Trey, you want to go first? Tell us about your, your teacher journey. Yeah. Uh, I started being a teacher. My first job as a teacher was, uh, way back in the early 2000s, 2001. I was a high school wow. teacher. I know. Old time is 2001. Like yeah. It's crazy. I was in Houston, Texas as a high school English teacher. Houston, and you had never lived in Houston before? Never. Grew up in Jersey. Never lived in Houston before. Like, moved out there really largely not knowing a single person who was also going to be in Houston, too. Like, What did you yeah. think? What were your thoughts? Were you, like, this? Were you, like, excited? Were you nervous? All of it. I was excited. I was nervous. I think I was, you know, I was like you coming right out of college. So I think yeah. I still had like a college mindset, like, well, this is going to be the next thing that I do for mm-hmm. X amount of time. And, and everybody, I, I knew, I mean, we're, we're skirting around the, the go the for it, Trey, drop the bomb. Detail. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we both did teach for America. So like, you know, more, more on that later. <laughs> yeah. 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 But like what helped about it was that even if I didn't know everybody, I knew everybody was, you know, in essence, like me, like they were Mm. right out of college. They were young. Right. They likely didn't. Especially back then with TFA. What the fuck was that supposed to mean? Oh, no. I mean like now teach for America does a lot of like mid-year job 
change mm-hmm. folks. But back then right. it was all like recent college grads. Oh yeah. 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 So Okay. So where, what kind of school did you, what did you teach and what kind of school did you teach in? I taught high school English in like a comprehensive public high school down in Southwest uh, Houston. Um, what, what grades? I taught nine through 12. We were in small wow. learning communities. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. fucking wild. Yeah. Do you had, you taught like in your first year, you were prepping four different classes. I, I think, I, I think my, yeah, I, I think both years I was like the, we were in small learning communities. So I was, yeah. Like what does that mean? The English teacher, like they were like, oh. kind of like potted communities inside okay. of the school. So like a school within a school kind of. Yeah. And I was the English teacher for our, yeah, I was like the mainstream in- English teacher for our small community. So I, yeah, okay. I touched on every fucking grade which is wild (laughs) and what was it like novels were you teaching novels uh I was teaching novels plays comic books movies wow everything I like through the whole renaissance man I mean I was I was like determined I was throwing everything at the wall to try and connect with the kids uh yeah I second that emotion uh and how was it did you like it did you hate it what what did you think I mean, I'm sure you would say the same thing, but like, it's, that's, it's like obviously like such a complicated question. I, mm-hmm. I always say at the end of the day, I love the kids really struggle with some of the adults, not, and not, mm. and neither all in both, both right. buckets. Like there's some kids I thought were total shitheads and there's some adults <laughs> that I thought were absolutely great. Yeah. Do you, um, are you still in touch with any of the kids that you taught? Some. Yeah. Like yeah. now they're like in their like thirties. I was so like crazy. Right. Yeah. I was like, two inches ahead of them like in life <laughs> you know, when I went into the classroom <laughs> right because you were 22 yeah I was 22 and, and like they my, were like 15 18 I had I had I remember in one class I had a, a kid who was as old as 19 years old wow yeah it was wild was it I mean were you intimidated like what was it tell me about your first day as a teacher oh my god so my first day <laughs> Lee high school my first class comes in I had just gotten the class rosters earlier that day. Wow. My first period class, I had, uh, I always say this, I had uh, 32 desks for 38 kids who showed up. And so wow. I literally had kids sitting on top of desks, on top of like the radiator and shit. Yeah. Um, and I was, I remember I was over, I remember literally like all of them filing in, the door closing. And I was like, holy, like, holy shit, this is what I have to. This, it's it. This, this is what I have to do now. Yeah. <laughs> and I gave this really long introduction about who I was. And the kids were like, clearly like, didn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, but they kind of listen on the first day. They do. They do. They do. You got that they one day where do. they, they kind of listen. <laughs> yeah, they kind of have to listen the first day. <laughs> right. They're sussing you out. Yeah. But like, we were hot. Like our air oh, conditioner yeah. wasn't working. It's Houston. Right. It's like late August. Like it was it's crazy. It was crazy. And then I was just, wow. lo- I remember like in between classes, like realizing there were certain things that I didn't know as a first year, first yeah, grade teacher. So much you don't know. Yeah, paper, like logistically. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was like literally running the halls trying to like figure out how to make copies and like needed more textbooks and forgot to do attendance for one class. So I was like chasing mm. kids down. Like, all oh God. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How about you? Um, my first teaching job was in New York city in Washington Heights. You may know it from the musical in the Heights. Um, yeah, 
the whitewash I was musical. At... Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? The what musical? Whitewash musical. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the Broadway was different than the movie. That's all I'll say. Um, anyway, as far as casting. Um, um yeah, I was in Washington Heights. I had never lived in New York City before. Um, I grew up mostly in the Southeast, but have roots in Philly. So I had yeah. been to visit New York like any, you know, Philadelphian goes to the big city. Um, but yeah, I was uh, placed in actually a very small middle school, which like they don't always exist in a lot of places anymore. Not a lot of school systems yeah. have middle schools anymore. Yeah. It was sixth through eighth grade. Um, there were three homerooms per grade. So like a hundred kids per grade, 300 kids total. So like a time, kind of a tiny school in a lot of ways, especially in New York city. Um, and I taught sixth and seventh grade reading and writing workshop, also known as English class, but we used the workshop model for those who are familiar. Um, and, uh, my students were, uh, it's a, like very much a Dominican neighborhood, Washington Heights, as mm-hmm. you may know, if you've seen stuff about Washington Heights, um, it's like, I think it's pretty gentrified these days, but I'm shocked uh, by that when I was there from two, th- I was there 2003 to 2006. I taught for three years at, uh, IS 528. Um, and I lived in Washington Heights and taught in Washington Heights and, uh, I, I mean, I think I was pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, I think most first year teachers are pretty terrible, honestly. It's just like, yeah. yeah, it's hard to just like know all of the things and understand yeah. how you're going to coordinate it all. Um, and I remember my first day I had been up really late the night before trying to uh-huh. make this like newsletter for my students that I had written in English and Spanish, uh, oh. like really pulling on my Spanish minor, uh, that I got in college. And I had stayed up really late trying to find a Kinko's where I could make copies. I remember being like the city that never sleeps. I can't find a Kinko's open at 2 a.m. <laughs> I can find kink, but not kinkos. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. Um, And then, so yeah, I remember having to go to like Midtown to make a bunch of copies of my newsletter. Um, And yeah, I remember the first, I think the first day was okay. Like it was all kind of a blur. Mm -hmm. And I remember, but I do remember at the end of the day being like, oh shit, like now I have to do this again tomorrow. (laughs) Like what am am I going to do tomorrow? Yeah. I know. Like I have to start teaching, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, just like I am very much a planner. I think that teaching, uh, teaching actually taught me how to plan mm. because, you know, you, it's just like the way of teaching, like it has to be like, okay, well, I want my kids to be able to write, you know, a five paragraph yeah. essay by this day. So I have to figure out how to get there. Um, but yeah, I, I loved my students very much. Like I am in touch with a few of them still as well, mostly like social media, you know, it makes it easy to stay in touch with them. And, um, I, it was just like a great community of teachers that IS 528 once was, I don't think I realized how good I had it until I left. Like, I think if I had, Uh yeah, I think if I had, taught at a different school and then ended up at IS 528, I would have stayed there for a lot longer. Hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I think we can talk about like, uh, like, I don't know. Yeah. About like teach for America and how it, um, like how it kind of presents teaching and what you, how you view teaching when that's the way that you're coming into the profession. Well, before you like, yeah. Why did you even, why did you choose to go that route to get into teaching? Yeah. Um, I did not know what I wanted to do after college. I was an English major in college. Uh, I really like, I sort of like did some newspaper internships in college Mm -hmm. and like, I was a creative writing major, but knew that I didn't want to be like a creative writer per se. I also am someone who, uh, I'm not really a risk taker. (laughs) So like, if there's a program, I'll do a program. You know what I mean? But like the idea of being like, oh, you'll just be a writer and you'll like move to New York and become a writer or something like that. Like that. No, no, no. That's not something that I would feel comfortable doing. Um, So instead you chose the choice of I've never taught before. I'm willing to relocate (laughs) anywhere in the country. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Commit to it for two years. No risk involved. The way, you know, TFA had a lot of propaganda at my school. So my school has like, I went to Rhodes College, a small uh, like liberal arts school in Memphis, Tennessee. And it has like a very long tradition of service. So TFA had a lot of presence on our campus and it was, you know, it was very much like, this is something that you can do that will help make the world better and blah, blah, blah. And so for a person who was like, um, I don't exactly know what I want to do, but I do want to do something that is like important to the world. Um, and, uh, and I also felt like there was some amount of me recognizing that I had come from privilege and it was like this idea that I should be, you know, giving back because I had been raised in a very privileged environment, which I can talk about how that's like not a good way to approach teaching, but, um, but it fed into that idea for sure. Like it was, and it was. Honestly, it was like, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. There's this program. I applied for it. I got in. Okay, let's do it. Um, It wasn't super, like, it wasn't really thought out per se, which is true of a lot of my large life decisions. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we'll talk about that more later. But, um, (laughs) yeah. What about you? Why did you decide? This is so interesting. Not too dissimilarly, like I, so I went to University of Maryland. I was a resident assistant in college and like. An RA? Yeah, an RA, if you will. Writing up Um, alcohol violation? (laughs) Yeah, and then drinking myself. (laughs) (laughs) The hypocrisy. (laughs) Hey, you, hey, hey, you, (laughs) you, you seem drunk. (laughs) I'm going to just take this bottle from you. (laughs) Let that be a lesson. Okay, sorry. So you had been an RA at University of Maryland. And I was graduating and like you, I like didn't know what I, I was an English major as well. I was a creative Woo-hoo. writing minor. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Creative yeah. writing minor. Did not minor. know that. Yeah. <laughs> minor. <laughs> I don't know why I'm enjoying saying that so much, but okay. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know, like I didn't, at that point, I really didn't, I was, I was largely just in the mode of like going to school and finishing school. Didn't really know what I right. wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember another RA, uh, he and I were like 
cleaning, like we were doing a sweep of the dorms when, uh, before winter break one year. And I was like, Hey, what are you going to, what are you doing? He was about to graduate. Be when you grow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, what are you going to do? <laughs> this isn't forever apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're kicking out of the dorms. Um, he's like, I'm doing this program called Teach for America. And this is like 2000. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. He's like, he was like, actually, you should check it out. I think you'd be great for it. And so I did, like, I didn't, I, like you, I didn't have a plan. I didn't yeah. know what I was going to be doing. I'd been, I'd been applying to MFA programs and had gotten, oh, wow. yeah, because hmm. I kind of thought like, well, I'll just keep doing the writing thing was like my yeah. initial thought, mm-hmm. but I was like, you know, I was a first generation college student. I couldn't really justify the idea in my head of like, we were already going to, I was already going to be graduating with debt. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if it makes more sense for me to keep doing this right now. Right. Yeah. So I needed a break. I needed to, I wanted to make some money. I wanted to kind of figure out what, where else I could be generally. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like I did, I, I, like you, I always tell people, you know, I've, I've, I've gone on since being in the classroom. Like I've, I've worked at, at and for Teach for America. Like I, I would tell donors and other core members and stuff like that all the time. Like, I had no altruistic vision or reason Mm. why I was doing TFA. I did it because it was what was available to me at the time. And I was not mature enough to understand how to like create a plan or have life choices and and just did it, just kind of fell into it. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, so, all right. So let's tackle the elephant in the room. Sure. Teach for America. What are your thoughts should we, I feel like everybody knows what T- TFA, do we need to explain what TFA is? So Teach for America, which is often referred to as TFA, is a two-year commitment teaching residency, essentially program where recent college graduates commit to two years to teach in what is like usually a urban or rural context that is historically, systemically under-resourced and marginalized in a lot of ways. And so people who sometimes have come from an explicit education track, but often from a non-education track um, in college will commit to dedicating two years in one of these kind of areas throughout the country um, to teach uh, in communities that have been hard to staff and hard to reach for a lot of resource reasons um, for a long time. And and the program started back in 1990 at Wendy Cup. 1990, Wendy Cup. Spoken like a true former ED. Um, <laughs> speech many times. It's been a long time, but I've definitely did a lot. So, what do you think of TFA now, Trey? It's been what almost twenty years, or twenty yeah, years for you? It's been twenty it's been years. 20 years. Yeah. Just Next year will be now. yeah twenty years since I was a core member. Wild. Wild. Um, what do you think of it now? My most distinct thing now that I would say about TFA is that it is. That is a boutique program now. It's a boutique mm. program that's, you know, I think it's refi- like it's been forced to and reacted to the, the notion of refining itself. And so it was like interesting, like when I did it, I felt like in, pro- in the same years that you were doing it roughly, like, you know, we were like big, a legion. We were big right? numbers. Yeah, yeah, big numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now like, you know, when I worked on staff for Teach for America, it was, we were, I, I helped do teacher placement for incoming teachers. And mm-hmm. during the years that I was there, we were bringing in here in Philly, uh, 100 
50, 150 plus teachers. Mm-hmm. I think the latest now is like, it sounds like maybe 60 teachers are bringing in. Hmm. So it's, it's become. And you think that's intentional by Teacher America? I think it's. Or I it's don't just know. like they had to do it. I think they have to do it. Okay. How about you? What do you think of it now? I have. Uh, okay. I do. <clears throat> In some ways, I feel very indebted to Teach for America because yeah. it set me on a path that I don't think I would be on if I had not done it. Um, and I do think that teaching helped me. Um, it helped me in a lot of ways. Like teaching, I still think is the hardest job I've ever had. I've Absolutely. had Absolutely. quite a few jobs, uh, including yeah. like big fancy jobs. Yeah. And I still think that teaching is the hardest one. Mm-hmm. Um and I, the, being a teacher, I mean, when I was a teacher in TFA, I was also a union member. It was like one mm. of the only times I've been a member of a union. And I know that TFA, um, is often criticized. And I think rightfully so for like, you know, being, having a negative effects on teachers unions. Yeah. Um, but in my case, you know, like it showed me what a teacher's union was, which was yeah. something I, you know, was not exposed to none of um, my mom's side of the family was, were like union members growing up, but we weren't around them enough for me to really understand what that meant. Um, mm-hmm. and, but I do think, I think that like, there is a need for alternative certification programs Absolutely. right now, yeah. uh, for, you know, a lot of reasons that I don't want to go into on this podcast, but I think that teacher America has rightfully shifted to be at least when I've like, I've done some stuff with TFA, like working with core members and things like that. And it's almost always the majority of them are people who are changing from one career to another. Mm, That's interesting. And I think that that is a, like a fair use of teach for America is like, it is hard, you know, like if you weren't an education major and you decide you want to be a teacher, you know, after 10 years in another career, I do think that that is a valuable person to be coming into the teaching profession. In some ways, I, I still think about maybe one day going back to the classroom Uh and I think I would be so much better at it now than I was then because I'm just more mature. Like I have a a better understanding of what it is that I'm doing and like the importance of it. Whereas like when I did teach for America, I do think one of the things that was bad about teach for America is, uh, um, they put a lot of pressure on core members, uh, and make you think that like, if you do not, you know, increase your, I remember thinking of, I don't increase my kids reading levels by like three levels in the year that I have them, like, they're just going to be on a terrible path and are going to end up, you know, you know, struggling and like, yeah, they're going to end like like homeless or like involved in gun violence or something. And like, um, that's just silly. I know now that that is silly. And I also think that the thing that I learned, the more I taught is that so much of your job is really about establishing relationships with kids and, and like, the content is secondary to like kids feeling that they have someone who, you know, cares for them and is pushing them and is an advocate for them. And they feel like they're safe and welcome in a space. And so I think, and I wish that teach for America had done more. And I think they, I I know that it's a very different organization now, obviously it's 20 years later, like they're very different now than they were then, 
But I remember, cause I did the Peace Corps right after I did Teach for America mm-hmm. and Peace Corps, um, which is another problematic institution. <laughs> That's a whole say, other just, competition. You're just going from community, yeah, community I know. I told you, you I love, I, yeah, yes. From, yes, I know from, from, <laughs> ugh, it's, it's bad. There's a lot of neoliberalism in my past, but, um, <laughs> I will say one thing about uh, the Peace Corps approach is that they're basically like spend the first year getting to know your community and like meeting people and understanding how things work. And I wish that there had been more emphasis in Teach for America about like understanding, you know, the neighborhood that you're placed in meeting like you know, meeting neighbors, talking to folks who have lived there, understanding the context in which you're working. Um, even like spending time meeting folks at school, like there just wasn't a real emphasis on relationships, which I think is really like the heart of teaching. And, um, so yeah, it's, I, I do think it's problematic. Like, I think that it has adjusted in ways that are good. Um, you know, I think that like, there's the whole charter school conversation, which is very sure. much connected to Teach for yeah. America, yeah. which I think is a net negative on public education mm-hmm. in the United States. But, um, but it's also just like, well, if it didn't exist, I would not be the person I am today. Yeah, I so. appreciate all that. I think that's. I just want. I just really appreciate hearing all that. Thanks, um, no, yeah, I think I. I think it's especially having had had a staff experience like it definitely some of the things you're, right that's you're true you've seen like, it from the both sides yeah yeah which is always so interesting and I think what I will what I can say is as both of us like you know the important acknowledgement here is that we're talking about the times that we engage explicitly with the program which is not the same as what the program is now yeah right and so like when I think about like the timestamp of my core member experience and then like essentially 10 years later when I joined mm. staff like I saw even then the leaps in which the organization had changed and I knew, know what the conversation, the conversations, at least when I was here on the Philadelphia staff, eventually did become much more community oriented in nature. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, like, I don't pretend to know what the message is now. I don't really keep up with it in general. I think my like longstanding concern about the program in general for lots of reasons is actually something that you kind of very, 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 very lightly touched on is that I still, I still come from the school of thought that naming it as a two-year commitment Mm. does a disservice to the nature of the work and does something around, I know that there's a, I know that there's a a benefit to framing it that way to get a certain type of profile of person to Mm -hmm. commit to the program, but when I think about the, I think for both of us, so when you think about the work of systems, communities, relationships, people, like, I would not want to step into a situation with such an explicit cap, because I think, I think the, the tough thing is that what I, what I saw at the time that was on staff in particular, to include my core member experience, is that when you take what is typically a young, young college, recent college graduate population like that, it feels like an extension of school graduation like okay yeah I just I need to do this thing for two more years and then right 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 on to the next one and so yep. um, that was that was that's the thing I I kind of I'm always kind of like whenever I hear talks about like how x has changed or y has changed or whatever has changed about the program like 
how much does it really change when it's still mm, grounded still the, the two-year commitment yeah yeah and i don't say that a shade i just say that as a real yeah. like, pause right. for reflection yeah I mean, it is interesting because I feel like most of the people I know who did TFA hate TFA <laughs> or like have very strong negative feelings about it. And that includes very people who are still ones. teaching. Yeah. Or complicated ones. Like, I just don't know anyone who doesn't have a like very nuanced view of TFA yeah. who came out of the program. Um, and gen- yeah. So I think that's pretty kind of fascinating, actually. Yeah. I feel like it's one of the only programs that's like that. Huh. You know what I mean? Like, I can't Uh think of many other programs where people go through it and they're like, well, actually, this is problematic. (laughs) I feel like I've heard that about some of like city year ish programs. True. But uh, yes. And I guess I think I think that's very similar to TSA. Yes. Right. Yeah. I just think like I think that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's true. Okay, let's. Let's talk about our favorite parts mm-hmm. of being a teacher. Trey, what was your favorite part of being a teacher? It's something you were talking, I think we both agree is like something we care about, which is like the, like, I love building relationships and building community yep. mm-hmm. inside of the communities that I, I've, we were saying it before we got on here that, uh, you know, I've taught in two schools where I worked in four schools. Yeah. And the through line through all those has been like, I all like in the other two times I worked in schools it was in a non-teacher capacity and like I always love being able to spend time in classrooms mm-hmm. with kids like my one of my favorite parts is actually just watching different kids at different times over the course of mm-hmm. a lesson or a school year like yeah see the lights come on because they've learned something I just still think that is one of the most beautiful things to see is like when a kid pulls something meaningful together and like understands mm-hmm. a concept or a theme or a lesson or whatever that's yeah whatever. community relationships epiphany how about you what a great answer yeah I think mine is definitely community like I just loved feeling like I was part of a school community uh like you Trey I taught in two different schools and then worked in a third school as in an administrative capacity and you know the best schools feel like you're part of a little world um and just that Yeah. The feeling of like, I mean, my first school, I knew every kid, if not by name, by face, like Mm -hmm. I knew who they all were. And, um, it it was just like such a special place. The kids still, like I have one of my good friends went on to like, she kept working in the New York city, uh, school system and still runs into students a lot. And they all still talk about how much they loved IS 528, Uh. which is so remarkable for a middle school, right? Like middle school is just the worst, honestly, (laughs) uh, the worst time in most people's lives. I know it was a very difficult time in my life. And, um, but yeah, the, you know, just like that, the sense that you're part of something bigger than yourself and you are connecting with these students. And yeah, it's, it's honestly very special to feel like you get to, to watch them grow and like, um, they're, you know, as many different kinds of humans as there are, that's how many different kinds of students, but there, some of them are just honestly, some of the funniest people I've ever known in my life. Like they would have me doubled over in laughter often in my classroom. And, uh, it just felt so cool to like be a part of, um, that little world and to be like, Mm -hmm. we did, I mean, my, the IS528 was 
the the best place that I worked in a school setting. And it was just so much community building. Like we had uh, the Greek Olympics every year. We had a talent show every year. We had, you know, there was just like, uh, you know, we had our holiday party and everybody would go like everyone participated. Uh, I started a student council, you know, just like all that kind of what seems to be kind of silly stuff uh, makes for just like a really, it just helps, gives you more time to develop relationship with kids and uh, yeah. really see them for like the full humans that they are, uh, which is, it's very cool. And it's still crazy to me that like, I see them, <laughs> you know, I'm watching their Instagram stories now, <laughs> yeah. which is so, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes concerning, but generally pretty fun to yeah. watch them as they become like, they're becoming parents and, um, wow. it's so yeah. wild. Yeah. Being humans out in the world. And I still look at them and see their little sixth grade faces, but, uh, yeah, I think that's Same. the best part. It's just uh, the people, you know, the kid, the, yeah. and I, and, you know, I know there's a, a wide variety of teachers, but I, we had some really great teachers at the school that I taught with and, you know, we would like, we were actual friends, yeah, same. <laughs> um, same. which makes coming to work much more fun. That's right. And, and human and yeah. 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 Like you, yeah. You participated in their lives. Um, yeah. Which so is true. pretty cool. It is pretty yeah. cool. <sighs> what a tad. <sighs> mm-hmm. Do you have a good teacher story tree? I should have prepped this. Should have prepped. I know. Uh, I feel like there's so many good ones. I'm trying to. There are, that's what it is. It's just so. There's there legit are so many good ones. It's funny because I feel like my family will remember them more than I will. They'll be like, "Remember uh, that time?" And I'll be like, "Because yeah. I must have told them." And I'm like, <laughs> "I do not." Uh, like, I'll be like, "Oh, I do remember that now that you tell me." But I couldn't have pulled that out of my memory <laughs> bank. <laughs> I like it's so funny. I like. I have such a mixture of, you know, of, of like what teaching's like. Like I have, like when you ask me that, I have a mixture of really good ones, some really sad, hard ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the thing about having been, a, I think the unspoken weird thing about being a teacher is that in a given classroom, mm-hmm. you are, you are exposing, you are exposed to and watching the course of 20 to 30 lives develop. Yeah. Like, and there's all kinds of stuff going on in, in the same those space, lives. So much. Yeah. And yeah. I, and I think how much a teacher, if you're a caring teacher, how much you're asked to hold about all those different competing stories that are happening inside of one space. That's yeah. It's, it's so a lot like, of yeah, emotional labor. It is. Yeah. It is. And some of it really great. Some of it really, right. really great. But there's yes. some things that I saw, heard, experienced all that, like, it really broke my heart. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Okay, I'm going to end on a little bit of a lighter note. Yes. I have two funny stories. One, Great. please. I recently rediscovered, I was like, re- I was reading through some of my old emails for some reason that I don't remember. Um, and I found when I was in the Peace Corps, I was still writing to the teachers at my old school, ISY 28. And uh, Miss Lorch wrote me, told me that uh, she was like, oh, Omri and I forget who the other person was. Omri was one of my favorite students who was one of the least well-behaved students in my class. We still keep in touch. Um, uh, but they just a stink bomb in the cafeteria. <laughs> 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 and I remember being like, these schmucks, like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> Total eighth grade behavior. Um, 
And then one of my other, I just have this like very vivid memory of, I loved the troublemakers, even though they drove yeah, me, me crazy when I was yeah, teaching. When yeah. yeah, when they were not in class, I would just love like chatting with them because they were funny. Yeah. Um, and I had this one kid for Reed who had gotten in trouble for something and his punishment was helping. I think he started a food fight and he had to like sweep up the cafeteria afterwards. And I stopped by, I was like, Reed, like, how are you doing? Everything all right? And we were talking and then Farid had um his teeth were just like jacked up like just like you know but he would make fun of himself you know he was like mature enough to make fun of himself which is hard to find in a middle schooler at the time the song pimp juice was very popular i'm not sure if you remember that tune (laughs) anyway sounds just like it so Marie ended up telling me about, I don't know what the even setup for the joke was, but it was something about like, uh, you know, some girl that he liked or something. And he would, and he just looked at me, he goes, she only want me for my trip to. <laughs> and I like, couldn't handle it. <laughs> just like, I don't know, just dumb humor really got yeah, me back in the day. Great. But that yeah, just so many great kids doing silly things. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's uh, Mr. John. Is it weird to people? I think it's still weird to me. When it's like pe- my students will still be like, hey, Mr. Store. <laughs> it's like such a specific too? moniker because yeah. I feel like no one, no one else calls me Mr. Store yeah. in the world right. except my students. That's right. That's right. Mis- like Mr. Do you get Mr. Mr. Johnson ever? <laughs> uh every once in a while i'll hear from an, a student from way back in the day and they'll like they'll like dm me or something on through right. social media and they're like mr johnson it's so great to and like, <laughs> like and oh. immediately like especially if sometimes i don't you know sometimes people have like social right. media handles that aren't aren't right 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 names. or also we've taught some so many kids that i don't remember i don't necessarily remember everyone all the time right off the bat yeah but seeing mr johnson immediately you know helps me expect who it is that I'm talking to. So I'm like, oh shit. Okay. This yeah. Is- it like reestablishes the position. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that is me and Trace teaching background, mm-hmm. a little bit of it at least. Uh we have a lot of cool stuff planned for our education season. We're gonna chat about Abbott Elementary, everyone's favorite new TV show. We have to yeah. uh talk about uh, Dead Poet Society, which Trey has never watched before, but is notoriously inspirational. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do a short story, changing it up. Well, Eleven by Sandra Cisneros. Uh, we're also gonna talk about. There's a few other things sprinkled in, but our big grand finale is gonna be talking about Hillman College, the setting <laughs> for a different world, a show that Trey both and I grew up, both grew up watching. Right. And I'm excited to talk about it. Personally. I'm so excited to talk about it. Yeah. You should get some flip up glasses for it, Trey. I'm going to. Or at least my... a picture of yourself in your. Pi- you said you had them growing up. I did have them growing up. So I have to see if I have a picture of Yeah. We need anywhere. a photo. We need yeah. a photo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will right, see Allison. you next week, Trey. I will see you next week, too, boo. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs>